Today's daf is daf Ein Tes. We are holding uh, about uh, two thirds of the way down, a little over half the way down, on Ayin Ches Amud Beis at the Mishnah. Talking about the believability that the Torah gives concerning the status of a father vis-a-vis his child. So Zogdei the Mishnah, Omer Benizem Mamzer. Father says that my son is a Mamzer, which could be that one of two ways. It could either be that the person who had my son was prohibited for me to have relations with, or he could be saying, you know, that I'm not the father of this boy. Right, which that's a chorah, bigger chiddush. But says the more like this, so Ainanem and he's not believed. Now Rashi says over he is not believed because the Karuvu Etzlo. So Rashi actually considers the first case to be the one focusing on where he's related to his child. He cannot testify over the status of his child. However, we're going to see, I think in either case, the, uh, it, it's going to make uh, no, no nafkamina, according to, at least in the, the opinion here, we're going to see a uh, dissenting opinion. So, even if both the mother and the father, she's pregnant, and, the, and the, the fetus in her belly, they both saying that child is a mamzer, which in this case must be that she's saying that that's not the father, right? They are not believed to change the status of, or to create a status of mamzer on this child. Rabbi Huda disagrees. Rabbi Huda says that they are believed. Okay, so we're going to see what the machlokas is over here. So my vafilush name, the one wants to know that the second case is trying to give a bigger chiddush. Right? The first case was basically the father's not believed to say that that child is a mamzer. Then it says the second case, even if it's a father and the mother and she's pregnant. Now why is that a bigger chiddush? So the one says like this. So therefore, let me buy a kamer. It's a bigger chiddush. It's all the more so. Let me buy a for sure not the father because first of all, how is the father able to know who the father of the child is? Right? They never know unless they take back then they didn't have the DNA tests. So therefore, he has less believability concerning the status of the child in terms of genealogy because you don't know whether he is the father or is not. But the mother, you would say. She knows, she knows, uh, you know, who the, uh, 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 because it's, it's for sure her child. So therefore, like this, so therefore, let me buy, let me buy, that he does not an expert concerning this child because you don't know for sure, never. You have to rely on, uh, you know, normally we have Robi Ilus Achrabal, but you don't know for sure. So Ella Afila E, but concerning her, the Kimla, where she is an expert concerning her own child, so therefore you might think that she should believe, no, Lomahemna. Now, what's the Chiddush that even if the child is not born yet, it's a fetus? So like the Mordor says an interesting thing. The Mordor says that any time a person is born, they, order, they already get a chazaka. When they're born, they get a chazaka. So you might think that as soon as the child was born, he has a chazaka of kashrus, like every other child. And therefore, maybe when the child's already born, a parent cannot come say, you're a mamzer, if the child already had got a chazaka that he's not a mamzer. But if it's a fetus that has not yet got a chazaka, maybe you could, because uh, 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 you're not changing the chazaka, you're establishing a chazaka. So what is it like this? So So for sure they're not believed, according to Tanakama, where there's, they're, they're, the child already was born and has a chazaka de kashrus, that the parents would not be believed. But you might think, by if Uber was not yet uh, has uh, created chazaka yet, so therefore nami. So you might think that the chiddush over here is that even the uber the lazy chazaka that does not have his own chazaka yet, a chazaka de kasha, still lo mehemni. That was the Tanakhama shita. Now what about Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says there are nemanim, the chor nemanim that that to to establish the status of mamzer for the child. Kedusan, the Gemara says like this. The pasuk says that. Um, the, 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 the case in the Torah is talking about where a person has a, uh, uh, two wives, one that he loves and one that he uh, despises, and the one that he despises has a boy, he's not allowed to uh, identify as his bechor 
He's not allowed to ignore that one and give the double portion to the child of the one that he loves if that's not his oldest child. But he has to identify the child, even though it's from the one that he spies, as the one that gets the double portion. Now the Lashon over there, it says that it ben abachor yakir. So the one understands yakir identify means he has the capacity to identify the status of this child. So the yakir, yakir means he can identify this child for others that this is my firstborn. All right? Mikan, from this, Amrab Yehuda, Neman Adam that therefore this person is believed, going to see not only to say this is my firstborn, and just as the Torah gives him believability concerning his child being the firstborn, he's also genealogically able to, to, to give that this child is a son of a Grusha Chalutza, means that he'll be a Chalot, so you, therefore Mamzer would fill it, fill, fit in the, sa- in the same situation. Now, Chachamim Olmim, they disagree. They say, meaning they're going to see, we make a distinction. Financially, the Torah gives the right to say he's a Bechor. But that doesn't give the father the right from a geneal- genealogically to determine what the genealogy of the child is. So I understand Rabbi Yehuda Shita. He says the fact that Torah says you can identify him as the Bechor, that means not only that you're giving him the, the, the power of the father financially, but that also means you're giving the father the right genealogically. Now I saw some of the achronim, how do you see that? So it's a very interesting word. Let's say the father has three sons, right? And he comes and says, son number three is my Bechor. So what really ostensibly is he doing? He's saying that number one and number two so the fact that you say, that's what Rabbi is Ryan, the fact that you allow the father to choose which one is the Bechor, which then by default would make the other ones, so you see a father has the right to determine which child is a Mamzer, which child is not a Mamzer. That's the position of Rabbi Yehuda. All right? So the Rabbonans say, they don't disagree with it. They say Yakir is only for financial purposes. So therefore, like Mara says, Yakir Lamali. So what did the Rabbonans do with Yakir? But Tzarech HaKeir, well, let's say, Father comes into son in, in, into town with two children, and we don't know which one's the firstborn. We don't know, so that's what the Torah says. That what what is he can say that I want this son to get the double portion, the other son should get the single portion. That's what you need Yakir for. But it doesn't mean you have a right to go ahead genealogically to disqualify your child. They don't learn that that's what it's for. So one says like this: This is what the Morris Kasha is. Why do I need a pasuk telling me that? Bishlom, according to Yehuda, it's coming to teach me that the father's belief for genealogical purposes. I understand that's a tremendous chiddush because otherwise you would not say normally you need two adam to change a status or create a status for a child. So therefore, I understand that that's what Yaakir is coming to do. But according to Rachamim, all it's coming to do is to say, well, he's going to get the double portion. He's going to get the single portion. I don't need a POSIC for that. Why? We know that there's a tool of believability that if something is beyond, if I can actually make that happen now, then believe me, for example, let's say I have to my name over here, I have uh, $300,000. And I tell you that I want this child to get the 200000 and that one to get the $1,000 because he's my Bechor. You know why you should believe me? Because if I really want to, I can go ahead and gift him the $200,000 now and give the other one 100000 So that gives me a believability that when I say he's my Bechor, you should believe me. But I don't need a Pasuk for that. The believability is not coming because the Torah identifies that ability. The believability comes because it's biyado. What does biyado mean? It's within my capacity to make it happen. So why do I need yakir for, according to the Chachome? Everybody hear the question? Someone says like this, If it's only then you, like the, top, the, the, the way the Torah states it, to be able to determine he gets a double portion, pshita, that's obvious. Why do I need a verse to teach me that? Since he's able to give it now as a matana, so then, so why wouldn't we believe him to give him as a Bechor when he identified the Bechor because the father could have created that reality how could he have created that reality by gifting it right now so what says the father's ability to do that is only on the Nechosim that are here present as of now but the ability the Torah is saying that you allowed him to be Bechor let's say the father generates more wealth after this event all right 
if you tell me that the father's ability is to give a din of Bechor, then that, that what has been created later will also be given as part of the double portion. Now, after anything that's created, if a father has an estate and new assets come in after the father dies, the Bechor never gets that. That's divided 50-50 anyway. But the, if the father right now says the statement, that is my Bechor, and then the father's stocks go up and, uh, and then, or the father purchased new assets after that date, if all the believability came because I could have done it at the time when I said it, that wouldn't help you for any, uh, any assets that come after the fact. The Torah says that once you've identified him as a Bukhar, that gives this child the right to the estate even after, up to the death of the father, he will get the double portion. That's what we need the, 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 the yakir for. Everybody with me. So what it says like this. So uh, what you need the pasuk for is not for what happens at the time when he says my child is a bechor based on the estate that he has there, but that helps even for uh, for assets that come afterwards up to the point of the death of the father. Now what it says like this. We have a machlokus throughout Shas between the Chachamim and Rav Meir by Davar Shalom Olam. Chachamim say you cannot effectuate a transaction over something that is not right here in front of you. Rav Meir says, not a problem. You could make a Kenyan Davar Shalom Olam. Now this Chiddush that we just said, that the Torah is giving you the ability to say that he's the Bechor, is for the assets that are not yet here, that's only a Chiddush in the Chachamim, because you can't transact on assets if they don't yet exist. But what about Rav Meir? Rav Meir holds you could make a transaction on assets, means I could gift my son, not only assets that are here at this moment, I, up to the point that a person dies, he could transact even things that are not here right now. So then according to Rav Meir, we have to go back to the question, so why does the Torah have to say the father has the ability to say that this is the Bechor, since he's able to give it anyway to the son up to the point that he dies, so therefore that's not a Chiddush. Right, everyone here, someone says like this, what about Rav Meir, you can, you can transact and give over something that's Shalom Alam that doesn't exist yet. So then Yaakir Lamali, what do I need the Yaakir for? Says the more like this, because even Rav Meir will agree, you can only give over things for a, that later that are not yet here, that would have been, that will be in your ability to give over at the time when they do exist. So therefore like this, Right now, the estate is $500,000. I can give my son a double portion from this at this point. Contra of mayor, no. Even if the estate goes up to a million, you can still gift the double portion. When can you gift it? If at the time when it does exist, at that time, physically, you'd be able to do it. But let's say the person, on the day that he dies, he is a gosses. Gosses means he's completely incapacitated. And at that point, he's not able to physically do it. And right before he dies, the estate goes up another couple hundred thousand dollars. Even according to Rav Meir, that you're able to transact on something that does not exist, it only is because when it does exist, you would be able to do it. But if you acquire it at the point when you're incapacitated, you would not be able to transact it, which means that if you're only relying on the believability of the father based on what he's able to do even at a later point, you would not be able to give a double portion from the point when the father's uh, incapacitated. The Torah says, Yakir, that means that you can even give the child the double portion even if it's been acquired by the father at a point where physically he is no longer able to transact. That's what you need the Yakir for, according to Rav Meir. When he's a ghost, says, when he's physically, uh, he's, he's like on his deathbed, he's not able to do it. All right. Let's go to the next Mishnah. We had this case earlier. It says, a person that gave permission to his agent, Lekadish's Bito. So we're obviously talking about a father of either Ketana or Anaira, and therefore the father has the right to marry her off. The fa- so I have a question. So is this a Durabanan? Because I thought um, only the father can... Does it work? Yeah, the father has a right to make an agent. So this, so this would be a Durabanan? This is a Durabanan, 100% Durabanan. So what is it like this? The father has, uh, uh, wants to marry off his daughter, and he himself, for whatever reason, feels maybe I need some help, and he appoints legally, this is a Durabanan, he appoints a person and says, you, Ruvain, Go and marry off my daughter. Go find a husband for my daughter. All right? So therefore, Now what happens is, let's say three months go by, 
and the father did not hear from Reuven. So what the father did, he went himself and was Mekadesh's daughter to a certain person. Now, ostensibly by doing that, what has he done to the agency? He's nullified. He's nullified. He's the the agency, right? However, we have to know what happens if the agent shows up and says, Mazel tov, I found a suitor, I found a chassan that I was makadish on your behalf. So obviously the timing is going to make a lot of, it's going to make a big difference over here. Im kidmo. If the father's kedushin came before the agent's kedushin, they were able to tell, yours happened on Monday and mine happened the Friday before. So then obviously the father's that happened the Friday before trumps because his act negates the agency. So therefore, kedushin, kedushin. But let's say the, the agents happened the Friday before and the fathers just happened now on Monday. So then, then the agents, kedushin, trumps the fathers. Why? Because he had not yet negated the agency. The act of negation of agency is through the, his performance of the kedushin. But since the agent's kedushin took place before the fathers, then it hasn't negated it, and the agents will be will come first. Now, what happens if Anya do it? Both took place on Monday. It was a cloudy day. The, the, the sundial wasn't working. And we don't know which one took place. We couldn't tell by the time. So what do you think is going to happen? So therefore, if Anya do it, so then Shneim, so the Gemara top of Ayin test, Shneim knows them get. So the Mishnah says both of them have to give a get. Now, let's say that one of the two parties don't want to give a get. They want to continue on with them. So the bottom line is they still both have to get. So therefore, they don't really have both. They don't really both have to give a get. If one party is willing to give a get and the other party is willing to remarry, then Mimonashok should be married to the party that, remar- that, that, that married her. Why? Let's go through it. Because the bottom line is that if in fact the person who wants to marry or she and the, they agree to get married, is the one that came first, then the get's get meaningless, and that marriage, he redoes, he has to go through Aram and you have to go through another marriage just in case. On the other hand, that what happened was, is that let's say, the actual, the first one, was the one that was the Kedushin. Well, now that one gave the get. So now that'll, this'll be the, this'll be the, the man. So either way, the bottom line, they both don't have to give a get. If one gives the get and the other one wants to continue with the marriage, he has to make a new Kedushin, but that will be married to that one. But you obviously have to wait for the get to be given first. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. All right, Moses is like this. So therefore, but Imratsu, Echad noise and get, but Echad kindness. Now, the one is going to bring as the same principle, but let's say we're talking about not by a Ktana or a Nara. We're talking about a Bogeris. Now, once she's a Bogeris, the father no longer has uh, the, uh, the, the rights, has no longer rights over her. She's no longer in his, uh, what's the word? Jurisdiction. She's no longer in his jurisdiction. So now, in such a case, she can make the agent. So the exact same case we had before, the one's gonna ask why we need both. Anytime you see a principle being brought out in two cases, the standard question the Gemara will ask is, why do you need both? The one's question is like this. So the point is like this. So Aisha Shinasla Rashutashlucha, she gave permission to an agent, Lakacha, to go accept Kedushin on her behalf. And now the agent didn't come back. So Halkhabikishatma, she went and was Makadash herself. Again, by being Makadash herself, that is negating the agency. However, it depends. Im if her kedushin took place before the agents, hers was on Friday, his was on the following Monday, then kedushin, hers trumps, and she's Makadesh's to the one that she chose. But Im if he shows up and it comes out that his kedushin took place before her kedushin, kedusha of kedushin, I, the ain, I ain't and you're doing, took place on the same day, sun wasn't out, couldn't tell, so what happens in such a case? So Shneim knows them again, that both parties have to give her the get, however, the same idea, if, if two of the, if her and one of the, the suitors say, I want to continue this, so then the other guy still has to give the get, and you have to do a new kedushin, and it'll be mekudeshes. 
One can give the get and the other one can marry her. You have that option. I think going to explain what the difference is, right? Well, no, why you need both. It's necessary to have both. That's exactly that's what that's the, that's the, 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 the question. Why do we need both? And I'll tell you why you need both. Because we only had the first case. The first case is the case of the father. So what I was going to say is like this is since a, a, the, the, the man is a person that's out there in the world, he's a, he has a lot more knowledge about genealogical so fam, the situations with different families. He's a lot more aware of genealogical status than the, the, than the girl is. So therefore, like this. So therefore, you say is, Mishum de Gavra Kimle Biyuchsin. Since the, 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 a man, the man is much more uh, a, a, a astute, all right, with, uh, with, 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 with matters of, of, of yichus, matters of genealogy, right? But a woman herself is not as familiar or as astute when it comes to genealogical matters. Therefore, like this, is that you could say, in the case of the father with an agent, all right, there the father, if he does it first, it's a negation of the agent because the father does not have any reason to believe that the agent is more aware of genealogical issues than the father. And therefore the father, when he does it, he does it because he thinks that he found the right person. And if he comes first, it negates. But a woman who might not be so uh, confident with her choices genealogically, she might only be doing this since she hasn't heard from the agent. She thinks that what? Maybe the agent didn't do it. But if she would find out that the agent did do it, so then what would she say? I would rather go with his, with his because he's much more astute. So therefore it could be that she's only doing this as a backup. In case he does not find anyone, then I want this one to count. But if he shows up here and says, I did find someone, then I don't want my man, the one that I did to work. And therefore it comes out, you might have thought that even if hers came before the agents, since maybe there's an unspoken understanding that she only meant to do it as a backup, but if he found someone, even if it was after hers, his would be the one to count. That's why it shows you that we don't say that Svoro. Means even in a case where she makes the agent, if hers comes first, that's what sticks, okay? So therefore like this. So therefore, she's not as familiar with matters of genealogy. So therefore, maybe her condition would not be a good condition if hers comes before the agent, because maybe she was an unspoken condition. She wants his to count if he actually found someone. Therefore, that's why we have to show me that that's not the svara, and that's why we give the case of the, 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 the woman making an agent. Now the question is, well, once you see that, that even when the woman makes an agent, it goes by which one came first, then why do we have to say the same thing by the father. That, that makes obsolete, uh, the redundant, the need to have the first case by the father. Everyone understand what just happened here? We showed you why you could not rely just on the case of the father. That's because you have, that's why you have to have the case of where the daughter made the agent. But now, and let's go the other way. Once you have a case number two of the daughter, you see that principle applies, then why do I have to show you that principle applies also in the case of the father? And I'm always going to say this word the other way. Why is it like this? If you only wrote case number two concerning where the woman who made the agent herself will tell you like this, is it might be, you might be right, women generally aren't as sensitive in terms of matters of genealogy. They don't know as much in terms of genealogy. But at the end of the day, when a woman is the one that's going to have to be living with this guy for the rest of her life, she's going to do greater investigation than even her father. So you might think that where she does it, she wants it to be the count if it's before the agent. Where the father does it, all right? So therefore, in such a case, he doesn't investigate as well, and therefore he might say, you know what? If the agent did it, then let his count. He might be the one saying over here that he he went and did it, he did a better job than I did, then let his count and let mine be obsolete even if his came 
after mine. Even if this came after mine, Kamash Malan know that the order, the sequence implies by both whether she did it, whether the father did it. So therefore, only told me by her. She's going to be doing much greater investigation even than her father. Aval Ihu, right? Right? In the case of, uh, by, by the way, not than a father, means even than, than the agent. I mean, she'll say, I want mine to be better because I do a better job than my agent's going to do. That's why. But in the case of the father, the maybe he's not, they doesn't feel that mine is, uh, my investigation is going to be better. Maybe the agent's investigation is going to be better than mine. And therefore what? He's not, and therefore what? Then we might think that he says, maybe if the agent does a better job than I do, let his count, even if his is going to be after mine. That's like a condition. If he says better, then let it go with him. Kamash Malan, no. If the father does it first, it's considered negation of the agency, and his will count, and the agent's will not count. Maybe he's not, he's not, not as careful uh, with the, 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 the investigation as uh, uh, that... that, uh, that uh, as the daughter would be, and therefore maybe he he's recognizes that let the agents count first, count even if the agents came subsequently, we don't say that. Okay. Edmar, let's It was stated. We have over here the following situation. Kitcha of the Her father's Makadish, his daughter, right? There was an assumption she was a Nara, so she's still in the father's jurisdiction. The Kitcha, so Abaderach. And then let's say in the morning, while the father was on the uh, on the road, he found somebody that he thought that would be great for his daughter, and he was Makadashur. The Kitch Atma Ba'ir, she in the city in the afternoon was Makadash herself. She's already a Nara. She's Makadash herself to someone else. Now, if the father's condition was first and was binding, what she did is meaningless. The only thing is, that they checked her in the afternoon and they found that, we're going to see how it works, but she developed certain simonim and she is no longer a Nara, she's a Bulgaris. A Nara usually is when she's 12 years old and one day and she's had shnei uh, simonim, she developed two pubic hairs, she's considered a Nara. Still in the father's jurisdiction. Uh, six months later, she becomes a Bogaris, or if there are certain physical effects on her body, she'll become a Bogaris even before the six months. But over here, they checked her, and they found her to be a Bogaris. Now, if she's a Bogaris, then she's out of the father's jurisdiction. The question is, you checked her in the afternoon, we didn't have her checked in the morning. So, do we say that what happened in the afternoon is a reflection of what happened in the, or what the state would have been in the morning too? And if that's the case, then the father's condition is not binding, because it means she was already out of his jurisdiction, and that what happened in the afternoon would be binding, or do we say that the fact that we checked her and found her that way in the afternoon, that only tells us she's a bearer in the afternoon, but in the morning we have to assume that she had been a Nara, and she still is a Nara, and therefore the father's condition would be binding. So that's the machlok. So ostensibly what we have here, two types of chazaka, two types of presumption. The one is, as a chazaka mi'ikara. Chazaka mi'ikara means the way something has been, we assume that's the way it is going to be unless you know otherwise. So she's been a Nara till now. We only find out she's a Begaris in the afternoon. So the Chazaka Mikara tells us that she is a Nara in the morning as well. There's a Chazaka Dahash. The Chazaka Dahash is like Kanim Tzakan Hayu. That the way you find it now, we assume that that's the way it was even earlier. So if you find her a Begaris in the afternoon, Chazaka Dahash says, well then, we can assume even earlier she'd been a Begaris. We just found out about it now, but before then she'd been a Begaris as well. So you have these two clashing presumptions. So what do you do? Behold, we see that she is a Bagaris in front of us, and therefore we have to assume that she was a Bagaris in the morning. And if she's a Bagaris in the morning, therefore she's, she is Mekudeshes to the second fellow, because we say she's already in the morning out of the jurisdiction of the father. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, you can't definitively say, because now she's a Bagaris, that means she was earlier a Bagaris. She might have been a Nara. Since we don't know, he says, we have to say, she would need a get from both of them. Both Kedushins, she might have been a Nara, she might have been a Bagaris, therefore the first condition is binding, and the second condition is binding, both misophic, and she would need a get from both. So now the Gemara wants to know exactly what's going on. What do you mean we found her to be a Bagaris? Amos, when is it in the duration of after she became a Nara? Let's say it's, uh, it's within the six months. Three months after she became a Nara, and she now uh, was uh, showed physical signs of being a Bagaris in the afternoon. So Gemara says, like, if that's the case, and it's only, let's say, three months in, 
and it's not six months, then for sure the Chazaka Mi'ikara has to have some weight that since she's been a Nara till now, why should we assume because she showed signs three months later in the afternoon that in the morning she must have been a Bulgaris as well? The assumption means she's for sure at least a Nara, like Shmuel's saying, at least she'd be a, at least a Sofei. To say definitively because in the afternoon she's shown three months later that she's a Bulgaris, the morning she's going to be a Bulgaris as well, that it would not be the normal assumption, says the Gemara. Bahan name Arab, Harehi Bulgaris the Fanenu. In that case, you would say that Rav would say that she is a Bulgaris and uh, uh, no that was not what you would assume you wouldn't say that if she's a Bulgaris now therefore she's a Bulgaris in the morning you would say Hashu the Bagra the assumption is that she became a Bulgaris in the afternoon in the morning she was still a Nara so Ella must be what? It's after six months. If it's after six months, everybody has to agree that in the morning she was a big heiress. If it's after six months, Bahanay Mashmu, which Mul say Hashina, you have to worry that maybe she was a Nara in the morning. After six months, Bahamashmu Shmu himself said, Ain Nahinaras Labagras Ella Shisha Khadoshim Ban. That there's no difference, there's, there's there's no more than six months between Naras and Bagaras. Once six months are up, she clearly is a Bogaris, and therefore in the morning, the six months have been up, it'll be the same thing in the afternoon. So therefore she would for sure be a Bogaris. How could Shmuel say you have to worry maybe she was a Nara in the morning? So Gmar says like this, look. The case is that on, this, on the day that she was finishing the six months, that's the case where the Kedushim in the morning and Kedushim in the afternoon took place. Now, why does that help? Because the fact that it is the last day before the six months, it weakens the Chazoka Mi'ikara. The Chazoka Mi'ikara has been weakened because we only assume she's a Nara up till that last day when it really becomes weakened because she's shifting into the Bogaris mode. And therefore, Rav holds Hare Bogaris Ulefanenu. Because since now the, you have the Chazoka Dahashta, now she's a Bogaris, and it's in the last day, we can assume in the morning she was a Bogaris as well because the Chazoka Mi'ikara is weak. That made the hashta bageres, but suffered not me From now, in fact, now she's bageres. We assume in the morning she was a bageres as well. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, hashta the ice is No, the fact it might have been weakened, but you never use a chazaka da hashta. Chazaka da hashta is not strong enough to definitively define the halach as clear that she was a bageres in the morning. At most, it will create a suffix. With the weakened chazok mikar, it will create a suffix that maybe she was a bageres in the morning, but not the fact that she's a vada. Even if it's the last day, it's still a suffix and therefore, she might have only shown the big simonim of bageres in the afternoon. In the morning, she might have still been an ara. I need to get from both. That is the machlokas yes. When you have a week in Chazaka Mikara, does the Chazaka Dahashta work definitively to say that, uh, that, that, that what it was now in the afternoon, that's the way it was in the morning. Rav says yes. Shmuel says the most it can create is a suffix. We don't find that it can create definitively, it, it can't create definitively a, a ruling on, on, uh, uh, in, for the, for the, for the morning. Okay. Let's go on. Gemara now asks a kasha from a bright, from a Mishnah on Shmuel. Shmuel says that a chazaka dahashta can never definitively determine a suffix. At most, it'll remain a suffix. So Gemara wants to know. So my shnami mikveh, the case of a mikveh. The time we learned in a Mishnah, mikveh shenim did a mikveh nim dot. A mikveh was was measured initially, and it was kosher. It was forty saw. Let's say in January it was forty saw. And then in March, three months later, it was Nimtza Chaser, it was less than 40 saw. So the Shail is, what about all of the uh, Kalim and all of the people that were Tommy, that went into the mikvah and then afterwards touched Taharos, could touch Truma, touch th- things that are holy in the interim between. So we have over there really both conflict. You have the Chazaka Tahashta, now it's Chaser, so that should say so before it was Chaser as well. Chazaka Mikara was the mikvah, initially was a Kosher mikvah. So that's say moving forward, it should be considered Kosher until the point when you measured it. So they have these conflicts. What's the ruling over there? So it says like this. Kol tahara shenasu al gabav, all of the tahor items that were utilized with kalim or with people that had gone into a table in this mikvah, so the lemafreya, so previously, from before, bein b'shus hayachid, bein b'shus harabim, whether it was in a private domain, whether it is in a public domain, tmeos, definitively they are tomei. Now this is critical to understand because usually we follow, we learn out from Sota that a sofeik, when you have a sofeik, when you're not sure what to do, and something is, uh, in a case of tumah, just a Sota, we consider sofeik, we don't know if she was in, had 
uh, had committed infidelity or not, and the Torah considers that she had. So we say if it's in a Rishusa Yochid, we say Sophic is dealt with like a Vadai, and Rishusa Rabim, a Sophic is considered Tahor. So that's if it's a situation of Sophic. But here it says whether it's Tumas in a, it happened in Rishusa Yochid, whether Tumah is found in Rishusa Rabim, definitively it's Tomei, which means we don't deal with a Tomei, which means we're saying that the Chazak of Kan Nimtza, Kan Haya, that now we found that Chasra, so we assume it's Chasra all, is being used to define Vadai. It's not a Sophic, it's Vadai Tomei. That would not fit the opinion of Shmuel. That goes like Rav. Rav says you can use a Chazak of the Hashda to definitively establish a, a status, and it's not just a Sophic. So the point is critical here because it means we're not dealing with it as Sophic, we're dealing with it as Vadai Tomei. So this would be a Kashwan Shmuel. Someone says no. Shmuel would agree over here because Shani Hasam the Ika Lameimar Hemetome Al Chaskaso Veimar Leitovel. There, there is a a a, a Chazaka Mikara actually telling us that this that the Taharos Atome. Why? Because the person who went into the mikvah or the Kalim that went into the mikvah, they started off being Tome. So the Chazaka Mikara would assume over there they have a Cheskas Tuma, and therefore the assumption they could because they're Tome, that is we would have to assume the mikvah was chaser when they went into it, and the item still remained tummy because of the chazaka mikor. So it's not as much because of the chazaka the hashda that tells you kan nimtza kan haya that it's chaser. It's because the chazaka of the person or the or the keli that went into the mikvah, which is tummy, that was defining ourselves definitively that it is a that that the, that the taharas are tummy. So one says one second, but you also other rab on the contrary. Hamid mikvah So the mikvah itself has a chazaka mikora that should be telling us that the mikvah was not chaser because at one point in time the mikvah was measured to be forty saw. So Hamid mikvah al cheskaso chaser and don't and say that this mikvah wasn't lacking. So one says, what do you mean? How can you say the chazaka mikora tells you that the mikvah is not lacking? Behold, in front of you, it is lacking. It's right now less than forty. But really, it's arguing that that's a chazaka dahashta. But it's asking that, how can you say that chazaka mikara tells you that it wasn't lacking? Till now, I we see that it is lacking. So the Gemara says, but that's really what the shaila is, whether what's happening now tells us retroactively from before it's no good. <coughs> or we assume that chazaka mikara tells us that this was only, this happened right now. And says the Gemara, we see in Shmuel's case, in the case of the Bogeras, that in the afternoon she's a Bogeras, so Achanami, now in the afternoon she's a Bogeras, and Shmuel refuses to say because she was a Bogeras in the afternoon, that means that she's a Bogeras in the morning. So therefore, why, right, he, it's, and, and, and he doesn't say for sure, you, you know, right, he, he's not sure what to say. He says it's a suffix, she might have been a Bogeras in the morning. Why don't we say now, right now, the latest point in time, she became a Bogeras. If he says that's the Pshan in the case of the if, uh, of 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 the uh, of, of the the mikvah that you can't say that you have a chazaka that the mikvah is okay because you see now that it's no good which means that we have to assume that it wasn't good from before because now it's no good then say the same thing by bagaris if you see she's bagaris right now that means before. And if a Bagaris in front, if you assume it was a Bagaris before, one says no, because in the case of Bagaris, Hashtu de Bagra, Shmuel entertained it's a Suffolk. She might have just become a Bagaris right now. One says one second. Then say the same thing. It should at least be a Suffolk in the case of Mikvah. Maybe it just became Chaser now, and before it was Shalem. So why are you saying that for sure, Vadai, Bain Rosh it's considered to be Tomei, and that we assume that it's Chaser? So there are actually two forces there that tell us, in the case of Tum and Tahara, that we can assume that the mikvah was chaser and that the items are all tummy. What are the two forces? You have the chazaka dahashta, that now, if it was found chaser now, you have to assume it might have been chaser all the way from before as well. And you also have the chazaka that the person or the akeli that went into the mikvah with tummy from before. So those two forces can work together that the chazaka mikora of tumah and the chazaka dahash that tells me that the item was chaser from before that it's tummy. And I have one chazaka, the chazaka of the mikvah, that the mikvah says that the chazaka which tells you that the, um, that the that the mikvah was 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 muksak to be shalem. So you have two forces against the one, and therefore here Shmuel will agree that it's definitive that we assume that the that it was uh, tamei because he has two forces telling you that the items to, uh, the last few months have been tamei. Whereas in the case of the nara, there you only really have you have the you have the chazaka 
of uh, the Hashta, that now she's found to be Bagaris, so let's assume she was Bagaris earlier, which is a Chazaka, the Hashta Shmuel considers to be a weak Chazaka, but you don't have any other Chazaka supporting it. There's no other Chazaka that supports it. Ah, you're going to tell me you have the Chazaka that she was a Nara till now? She loses that Chazaka because it's on the last day. On the last day, we said that weakens that. There's no Chazaka Mikara there. So therefore, in this case, we have a... Uh, so you have over here... Um, but even though the Chazaka Mikara that she was a Nara, it's not strong enough to overwhelm the Chazaka Dahashta, but it's not, it's still, the Chazaka Dahashta is not, according to Shmuel, is not strong enough on its own to do anything less than a, create a Suffolk unless it is supported with another force, which it doesn't have over here. That's why Shmuel says in the case of the Bogeres, it, it's a Suffolk. In the case of the Tumma, Shmuel is willing to agree that it is Vaday Tomei. Says the Gemara, What is about Shmuel's position? Why is it any different than the case of a barrel of wine? We're we going to go through the case of the barrel of wine. We're going to dis- have a discussion concerning it, and we're going to come out with a question on Shmuel. What's the case of the barrel of wine? So there's three different ways to learn this case. So I'm going to learn the one way that, that is, is, is the easiest. The case over here is talking about a person had... Uh, a lot of about hundred barrel, hundred liters of, of 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 barrels of wine. Say so at five of them, so he would have to take two liters of each barrel to give us truma, and there's a headache each time. Open up the barrel, take up two, give it to the coin, designate it for the coin, and in order to take the shame tevel of the truma. So what he decided was he had a sixth barrel, and that barrel had in the ten liters, and as he needed one of the barrels of a hundred, he would. Uh, designate two of the leaders of the one of ten to be counted for the truma for the barrel of the hundred, which works because you can tow them from one pile onto another pile, and basically that's what he did. Now he checked. Let's say he checked in January the barrel of ten liters was 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 wine was no problem, and so he started taking off. For barrel one, he did it for barrel two, he did it for barrel three, he did it for barrel four, and then he decided to check again the barrel of ten, and he found that now it is vinegar, and vinegar, according to this opinion, is considered a different species. You cannot use vinegar to be tovel for wine. So the question is, when did it become vinegar? So the way we're going to learn this Gemara is this opinion holds. It takes three days for vinegar, for wine to switch to be vinegar. So any barrels that he designated from the first time when he checked to see that it was wine, and three days past that, so from the first time that he did it, and three days past that, where we know for sure it wasn't vinegar yet, so that truma would be considered truma. Past that time, then we have to assume it might have been vinegar. Since it might have been vinegar, the truma would not have been a good truma, and the barrels that he thought were fixed are still at least a Suffolk Tevel. They still remain to be Tevel. Now, there too you have really Chazaka Dahashta is its vinegar. Chazaka Mikara, it was wine. So you've got a two opposing Chazakas going head to head. So now let's see what the question of Shmuel is, because right now we still don't have a question of Shmuel. To sign you, we learned higher about it, because Achav is supposed to was checking the barrel to see if it was vinegar or wine. Lafrishal had to use it to separate uh, Truma Vaholech, to continue using that barrel as his Truma barrel for the other hundred keg barrels. And then later on, he found that it is vinegar. So even though at first it was wine, but now it's considered vinegar. So what's the ruling of the Mishnah? It says, Call Shot Gimel Yomim. The first three days, Vadai, it's certain it takes more than three days to become vinegar. And since it takes more than three days to become vinegar, uh, it, it takes, it, I'm sorry, to turn vinegar it takes at least three days. So the first three days, we can assume that it is was wine. So, Koslo Shayamim, so Vadai. Vadai means it's Vadai was a good truma. Anything happened in those three days. Anything that happens past those three days, Suffolk, then you have to say it's a Suffolk Tevel. We don't consider it to be Vadai uh, one way or the other. It remains in a state of Suffolk. You can't burn it, it's totally, and you can't burn the truma, but you can't use it either. Now, that's the ruling that was brought down. So, but the, 
the, the, the Gemara asked the question, Ramin and Chavis HaMikvah. The Gemara there asked the question, contradicting, it doesn't contradict the, the Mishnah of Mikvah, because we just said in the case of Mikvah, that there we have a Chazak Dahashta. He found the Mikvah to be Chaser, and we assumed that anything till the point where it was once checked is Vaday Tomei. So there we say the Chazak Dahashta is definitive. So we ask the question, so why in the case of vinegar don't we say that the Chazak Dahashta is found now to be vinegar? Everything till the, until you get to the first three days. So the, the question the Gemara want to know is that uh, what's the difference that there we say it's a suffix. We don't say the Chazak Dahashta says definitively that all of the uh, truma was considered to be not a valid truma because since it was found to be vinegar, we assume that it's vinegar until the last time we checked, at least three days after that. So, Amar of Chanimasur, the way of Chanimasur reconciled the two uh, Tanoic state rulings. He says it's not, it's actually two different opinions because he said, Man Tanad Chavis, who is the opinion by the case of Chavis? That says that it is only, it's, it's a suffix and the chazak dahashta is not definitive. That's going like Rab Shimon. Because, and, and why is that not a problem? Because Gabi Mikvah now means In the case of Mikvah, also he says the chazak dahashta only leaves it as a suffix. So actually, Rab Shimon would not, it's not a kasha. You're asking me for the Chachomen's ruling that it's a vadai on the opinion of Rab Shimon, it's a suffix. Rab Shimon would hold by Mikvah, it's also only a suffix. The sign, like we learned in the Raisa, called Tahara Shenasu Al Gabav, that all of the tar items that were prepared with items that came from the mikvah, the mafreya previously, so that's the chachamim like we had before. They all, it's vadai, that the fact it's chaser, we say that it's chaser all along, and it's tevel, and we assume that nothing, that there was, no, we assume not tevel, it's, it's tameh, because we assume that for sure this mikvah was considered to be chaser. Rab Shimon Omer, he says it's a sofek, and since the Sufik, if it's Rishus Rabim, Sufik Rishus Rabim is Tahor. He happens to hold Sufik Rishus Ayach. It is Tolin. It, it, it remains a Sufik. But the point is, he only he says that most you could say is a Sufik. So, but the point is that's only in Rab Shimon. The Chachamishit is Vada, which means Elaval Rachachamim Rabban. In the case of Tevel, in the case of the barrel, they would say to make it line up with the case of Mikvah. More intimates that they held the same thing. It'd be Vada Tevel Mafreya that we had assumed that this was vinegar all along that. Everything you took was uh, that past the three days is considered vaday no good, and we blabbed tevel. And so here's the kasha on Shmuel. Bechor, according to Shmuel, that means you're saying that the chazaka dahashta that you find in vinegar now it's definitively vinegar all along. Shmuel says he's not willing to say that chazaka dahashta is created divin- definitive ruling. So in the shita of Chachamim, we have a kasha on Shmuel. Shmuel says. No, not necessarily. Shani Hossam, because you could answer that in the case of the barrel, there's a chazaka mi'ikara, that it was untithed, starting off with a chazaka that was tevel. And therefore that chazaka is in, it's also telling you that it wasn't fixed. So therefore, it's not just you have a chazak dahashta that says you found it vinegar now, and therefore assume it was vinegar all along. You have a chazak that it's tevel. And since you have a chazak that's tevel, that's telling you that you have to look at it as if it was uh, vinegar all along. So when it says, I, but there's a contradictory chazak mikora that you know that it was wine at one point. So hamed yain al chazkos, so therefore we should assume that it was wine all along. Ve'emer lo hechmitz, and therefore that would tell you that it did not, until the last possible point, it did not become vinegar. So when it says, yeah, what do you mean it didn't become vinegar? But you see that it is vinegar. Sigmar says, yeah, but that's only a chazak dahashta. And we're saying that a chazak dahashta, Shmuel says the same thing by Bogeres. Hachanami hari Bogeres lefaneinu. We say that even though it's a Bogeres right now, he's not willing to assume that she was a Bogeres definitively in the morning because of that. Sigmar says, yeah, because over here by Bogeres, you can say hashtu dabagra. We can say that she only became Bogeres in the afternoon, not in the morning. One says, one second. Then you can say the same thing by the wine. Hachanami hashtu dachmit. One would say that now became vinegar, and it did not become vinegar in the morning. And if that's true, then it should not be Vadai Tevel. When it says Hosom, Tatalariusa, similar as we had before, you have two forces there telling you that it, your, you, you, your, your truma was not a valid truma. One is the Chazak Dahashta, that now it's vinegar, means you have to assume it was vinegar all along. And the second one is you have the Chazak of the fact that it was Tevel, the Chazak Mikara says it was Tevel, so it's live Tevel, it remains Tevel. 
Uh, it's true that there is a chazaka going the other way. The chazaka the other way means that we knew there was wine, but it's two forces against one, and their Shmuel will agree that with that, that case, the Chazak the Hashta can be definitive. But in the case of the Bulgarians, you don't have the two against one, and therefore in that case, it still remains a suffix. So therefore, that's the more coming out over here. The power of Chazak the Hashta is, according to Shmuel, only on, with the support of another Chazak Mikara, when you have two forces, then we'd say definitively, that Chazak Dahashta can kick into, kick in, into gear. But otherwise, it would remain a Suffolk. Shmuel, uh, Rav seems to hold that even without the Chazak Nikara supporting it, it still could be definitively considered to be a, uh, defining that if she's a Bulgaris now, she's a Bulgaris in the morning as well. This machlok is Rav and Shmuel, whether, how, what strength do we give the Chazak Dahashta is a definitive only a Suffolk. Really seems to be a machlok as Tanoim. The case over here we're dealing with is the Chachamim Paskin that if a person left all his Nechosim before he died, he gave it to someone and he was deathly ill. So he gives it all to someone and then he dies. That person then is now, that person gets all the Nechosim that were given to him even before he died. It's a gift. He gifted them all to him. You know, it's not because of Yerusha, it's because it was a gift. However, what happens if the person recovers? So Chachamim say, if the person recovers, it's understood that somebody would not give everything away without leaving anything for himself unless he thought he was going to die. So even if he didn't make that a, 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 a explicit stipulation, it's implied and we assume that this person would, be, uh, would not have wanted the gift to go through if he was recovering. And therefore, so that, that's the rule, that if Shechiv Meirah gives everything away and then recovers, he has a right to take it back. The case we have in front of us is a fascinating case, is what happens is somebody gave everything away. And now he's coming to Basin and he's claiming that when I gave it away, I was sick. And therefore, I have a right to get it back. The recipient, that's what the donor is claiming. The recipients are claiming is that no. They're saying is that when you gave it to us, you were a bari. You were a healthy person. A healthy person, we don't make such a stipulation. If you gave it away when you're healthy, you can't come back and claim it again. So the question over here is, we have this debate, how do we based in rule? On one hand, you, ha- you could have the chazaka mikara, which is the cheskes mamon, says it belonged to the donor initially. On the other hand, if the guy is healthy now, the chazaka dahashta is that if he's healthy now, we assume that he was healthy all along, and then he was a matnas bari, a, a gift of a bari, and that would support the claim of the of the recipient, right? That you don't have to give it back. So that's the question: What do you do under in, in this circumstance? So the Gemara says that we're going to see a machlokus, and it would seem that this machlokus actually would be the machlokus based on the svaras of Rav and Shmuel. So let's see. So again, so the case is, it says, me motzi miyad me. Who can take the money away from who? So it says, the first opinion is, who motzi miyadam? That the donor can take, even if they seize the property, and usually there is a rule that that the person who has it is in control of it, he can take it away from them, below Rai, without having to bring a proof, and they cannot claim it from him without a proof. The Chorah, his Cheskas Mamon, which is like a Chazak Mikara, it was originally assumed to be his money, is stronger than even the fact that if he's healthy now, we still could assume that he was sick back then because he has the Cheskas Mamon. Divir Rabbi Yaakov. That's Rabbi Yaakov's opinion. Rabbi Nasan, I'm in Barihu, that if he's healthy right now, that is used as a determining factor that we say that he was healthy when he gifted it unless he can prove otherwise and therefore the recipients would get it. And if he is right now a Shchiv so then we assume that back then he was a Shchiv as well. They, then they have to bring the proof uh, that he was not a Shchiv at the time that he gifted it. So the Chorah, that would seem to be you're, you're relying on the Koach 
of the of 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 the Chazaka Dahashta. So the name of Rav the Amar Karbnoson. Rav holds like Karbnoson that the Chazaka Dahashta can be used definitively. And Shmuel Amar Karavi Yaakov that we don't give strength to the Chazaka Dahashta. And the way there's a Chazaka Mikara, the Chazaka Mikara is where we're giving the strength. So. Says anymore, it doesn't have to be that way. And generally, we don't like making an Amachlokas Amoroim also. Lema Katanoi is actually usually a question, because then why didn't the Amoroim bring down these Tanoim? Must be they didn't have to, because they don't, they don't agree that it's Machlokas Tanoim. So how does each one learn the two Tanoim? So Amalach Rav, Rav will tell you as follows. Anad Amr Filik Rav Yaakov, I, who hold that a Chazak at a Hashta generally can be used definitively, in this case, I hold like Rav Yaakov, that the Cheskas Mamon is is better because Atkan Lokam Rav Yaakov Hosam the Ikel Meir Mahem and Mamon Al Cheskasa because Rav Yaakov is dealing with a strong Cheskasakid Mikara that Cheskas Mamon is not a weak one. With money was considered to be his, and now they're trying to take it away from him. They need to they need to take it away from him. They have to prove it, and the Chazaka Dahashta is not going to be strong enough in that case to take it away. Aval Hacha, but in the case of the the uh, Nara and Vageres is that me can we say that let's keep her body at the status it was known to be it is true for the six months she was known to be a Nara but that was weakened because on the last day we don't keep that Chazaka it's a weakened Chazaka Mikara and therefore that Chazaka which is like a type of Chazaka Mikara is weakened that's why I hold the Chazaka Dahashta at least Rob would say the Chazaka Dahashta is able to kick in definitively because it's not going against a full-fledged Chazaka Mi'ikara. Whereas in the case of the Mammon, it is going against the full-fledged Chazaka Mi'ikara. Therefore, Rav will agree that the Chazaka Dahashta is ineffective where you do not have a weakened Chazaka Mi'ikara. So that's how Rav can even rule like Rav Nosen. Now, Says the Gemara now, what about, uh, the, uh, Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, Ana Ada Amri Afiluk, uh, I'm sorry, that's how Rav could hold like Rabbi Yaakov. That's how Rav could hold Rabbi Yaakov, is that, um, even if the person is healthy, you still go by the original Chazaka Mikara, not the Chazaka de Hashta, because the Chazaka Mikara is a strong Chazaka. But Shmuel Amar Ana Amri Afiluk Rav and he says, I could even hold like Rav Means even though I hold that normally a Chazaka de Hashta is not strong enough, and you can't say because she's a Bulgaris now, she's Bulgaris in the morning. But here, if the guy's healthy, I could say that he's been healthy all along. Why? So Gemara introduces a new Svarah here. True, Shmuel holds that a Chazaka on its own does not have the strength to say anything definitive. But you have more than that. You have here that in addition to there being the fact that he's healthy now, he has another force that helps him. That the societal norm, most people are bari. Most people are not shechiv And therefore, you have here this strong societal norm that tells you that he was a bari at the time that he made the gift because most, Jew, most human beings are in the category of presumed healthy and not presumed shechiv That's why this chazak dahashta is unique. But it's not a chazak dahashta on its own, which would not be strong enough to go against a chazak mikara. But it's a chazak dahashta with a societal norm, with what the, with the, with the normal situation is, what the uh, presumed no- situation of most people are. That's why this chazak dahashta trumps even a chazak mikara, even according to Shmuel. That's what Shmuel says. He says, kan look, hasam, de kula alma, the cheskas brim, most people are in the presumption that they're healthy. And therefore, a person who wants to take himself out of that chazaka and wants to say is that this person was not healthy, you want to take him out of the chazaka and make him that he's considered to be sick? So therefore, you, that's what you're trying to say. I wasn't healthy. I was considered, I was, I was, I was sick and therefore I should be able to get it back. Where it says, have, uh, uh, have a so he, the, 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 the donor has to prove that he was sick because he is going against what the norm is. The norm is most people are healthy. So therefore, it's true he has a chazaka mikara, but he has, a, there's the chazaka dahashta, it's not a regular chazaka dahashta, it's, it's, it's the majority of people are healthy, so that case, the chazaka dahashta is not functioning only as a chazaka dahashta, that's why it is definitive, and we assume that he was healthy and he would lose the money. Okay? But in the, uh, but, uh, 
in Avalhacha, but in the case of the Bogeres, the fact is, the fact that she's a Bogeres in the afternoon, now what do you want to claim? Is that if she's a Bogeres in the afternoon, so, is she going against the uh, societal norm to claim that she is a, uh, right, what, what does Shmuel say over there? Shmuel says that the fact that she's a Bogeres in the afternoon, you can't assume that she was a Bogeres in the morning. By claiming that she's a Nara in the morning, you're not going against the, the norm. The norm happens to be over there is that most women could be Nara at the, on the last day. It doesn't have to be because it's the last day that they can't be a Nara. could be. Most women are Nara for six months. And therefore, in such a case, we can't say, well, if she's a Bagaris in the afternoon, that Chazak Dahasha tells you she's a Bagaris in the morning. There you don't have an, any kind of norm telling you that she was a Bagaris in the morning. And that's why, in such a case, Shmuel is not definitively going to be using the Chazak Dahashta to tell me that if she's a Bagaris in the afternoon, she has to be a Bagaris in the morning. It still remains some type of suffix. It's not for sure that she's a Bagaris or a Nara in the morning. That's what he's saying. But is she removing herself from an earlier state by claiming that uh, uh, she was a a, uh, a bogaris in the morning, or if we say she's a nara? So there, there many girls don't become bogaris on the last day. So therefore, it's since we don't have a strong chazaka one or the other, that's why Shmuel over there will say it is still remains a. Suffolk. Okay, the Gemara again wants to say, name a Kahani Tanoi. Let's assume that this Machlokas Tanoim, the Amoroim is really Machlokas Tanoim, which is our case in, in our Mishnah. Kitshav Yabaderach, Fazma Kadesh in the morning. And, um, I've the case of Machlokas Rabban Shmuel, we have to have two Bryces that say different things. It says, one says, Kitshav Yabaderach, and the father of Makadash along the way in the morning. The Kitshav, when she's Makadash herself in the afternoon, and we checked her in the afternoon, find her to be a Bagaris. Tani Chada Harehi Bagaris One Brisa claims that she is, uh, since she's a Bagaris in the afternoon, so therefore we assume that she's a Bagaris in the morning too, definitively, which the Chorus would Rav said, that would be going like Rav. But Tanya Idach, Chayshina, and the Kedushesh is we have to assume that she maybe might have been a Bagaris, might have been a Nara, and therefore she needs to get from both of them, which is the way Shmuel said. So the Chorus, my love, Chadka Rav, one Brisa going like Rav. Shmuel can actually rule like both. Because Khan the Makhashto, Khan Sha'in Makhashto. The Murray's now adding a new sphora. What happens if she's check we check her in the afternoon and she says, I was a Nara, I was a Bulgaris in the afternoon, and I checked myself and I was a Bulgaris in the morning as well. So she, so even though the father says, I was Makadashur, and I'm presuming that she was a Nara, she's claiming, no, I was a Bulgaris. So in such a case where she is saying definitively, I was a Bulgaris, it's possible that the father, that she will trump the father, because you can't, because what do you want to say? Because she was a, uh, a because it's a suffix? She's telling it's not a suffix. So maybe that's, that's the case where the bride learns that we assume that, the, that she is a Bulgaris. The case where she's not a Bulgaris is where she doesn't make a definitive claim. We don't know. Then Taka Shmuel says the Chazak of the Hash is not strong enough. <coughs> it's not being supported by her claim either. And therefore it's a suffix and she needs to get from both. So these two Bryces don't have to be representing one like Rav and one like Shmuel. They actually could be both fitting in the case of Shmuel. And Shmuel will make a distinction between whether she's claiming that she was a Bulgaris in the morning or not. Simona says like this. Simona says that uh, if that's the case, that you make such a distinction, then how do we know there's even a machlogus rav and shmuel altogether? So name either. Same way as you reconcile the two brises, maybe you should have Shmuel talking about different situations. When Rav says, we say she's the Bagaris in the morning, it's not because the strength of Chazaka Dahash that tells you that. Maybe it's talking about what she herself is making a claim on the Bagaris in the morning, and that supports 
the Chazak Dahashta and makes her a Bulgaris in the morning. Whereas when Shmuel says that it's a Safek, he's talking about the way she didn't, compl- she didn't contradict the husband, the, the father, and saying, no, I, uh, that he said that she was a Nara, and he says, no, she's saying, no, I was a Bulgaris. And she doesn't know. And that's where we say that we assume that it's at least a Safek. So how do you know that even the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel over here? Whereas the Tizvara is illogical to make the assumption that there's no Machlokas. Yosef was the son of Menashe Midvil, Avad Uvda Kavazde Rav. He passed in Halacha like Rav, declaring that she is a Bogeres and that the second, the second Kedushin is Mekudeshes and not the first one. The Ik Shmuel, when Shmuel found out about the ruling, he got upset. But the whole world, that got, they only got a small measure of wisdom, and with a small cup was measured up to them. What he thinks, he got more wisdom than everyone else. He got the big cup pouring out the wisdom to him. So you see Shmuel disagreed with that ruling. Why is he disagreeing? If you're telling me Rav and Shmuel aren't really arguing, it's been different scenarios. So he's like, what is Shmuel getting upset about? Shmuel should have been done like it must be the reason why he ruled like Rav is that he's talking about a situation where she contradicted the father and she said now I was a Nara I was not a Nara in the morning I was a Bulgaris you tell me Rav and Shmuel don't argue in that so why would Shmuel get upset maybe the case over there was where she contradicts the father so obviously we don't make the distinction that way when Shmuel said both Shmuel and Rav are talking about the same case and where she's not contradicting, and either way, Rav still says that it's that's Bulgaris in the morning, and Shmuel says says it's a chayshin and it's a sofek. Amalei Marzutra Rav Ashi Rav Amar Rav Amar Hachi Amar Ameimar Hilchos Gvaster Shmuel that Ameimar said this follows the norm al halacha in 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 Isurim we follow Shmuel and. Uh, Rav Ashi said, this is actually an exception, that in this case, even though it's Isurim, the halacha follows like Rav, and the Gemara concludes definitively, halacha gave us the Rav, that in a case where we found it to be a Bagaris in the afternoon, and she, uh, and, 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 and the father claims that he missed Makadosh in the morning, and she was a Nara, so in such a case, we will assume that if she was a Bagaris in the afternoon, she, and it's the last day of the, of the six months, where she doesn't have the Chazaka Mikara, the Chazaka Dahashta, like Shmuel says, trumps out, and we assume that she was a Bulgaris in the morning as well, and the second Kedushin will be the valid Kedushin. Gentlemen, have a good day.